Somewhere in the world, Hector Lombard is still taking defenseless strikes to the head, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier and safer. No idiot referees out here. Uh, And we're the show that proves that. I am your host, Kevin. We're going to get right to the good stuff this week with GSP. GSP reflects on some of his favorite UFC memories. Here live, Georgia St. Pierre. How are you doing, GSP? I'm doing very well. I believe the segment is called This Week in GSP. Oh, yeah. This Week in GSP. See, I... You keep saying with GSP. This is not my French-Canadian political show. That's oh, that's right. That's uh, you have that other thing where you uh, airs you talk every about Sunday morning. Politics, at, uh, yes. Uh, GSP is very involved in politics. My <laughs> guest this week is Madeleine Albright. Oh, so not just domestic, but you'll bring in some foreign uh, political. Uh, is she considered foreign? I mean, do you do U.S. politics too? Oh, very much so. We are very interested to see what crazy American politics look like this November. <laughs> yes, no? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know that about you, uh, but I'll be tuning in for this week with GSP, the let political me read, sh- Let me read a funny uh, American politics joke. Uh, it says, uh, you are going to build a wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you will get a Mexican to pay for it after building it. Very funny, Thank you, you. American. We're good. We've got good stuff. Uh, I want to put some walls around some of the states within the United States. I think it's a better investment. Just like mm, a, a nice, big gate for nice. Texas. GSB does not understand. No. But you no, put no, it no. in terms of hockey, I might. Uh, more penalty boxes. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So what do you have for us? Oh, this week in GSP, very, very important things happening uh, to me is uh, very nice. I uh, had many articles written about me, but number one, I talk about my number one biggest regret. What is it? Well, here was that thing. I must read from my dream journal, which sometimes is published on BJJPen.com. Yeah. yeah. You know BJJ Pen? Very different than BJ Pen. Yes. Very one of different. them is respected and the other one is BJ Pendock. Well, you know, you gotta. Anyway, <laughs> GSP kid, I kid. So, uh, what happened was uh, I was fighting uh, an opponent named Matt Serra. He came from a reality show back in the day. He was a veteran in the UFC, but nobody really gave him a chance against me. So, I go into this fight and basically everybody tells me that I'm gonna rock right through him. And, you know, I kind of start believing my own hype, Kevin. You know that? I, I can imagine. It's a lot yeah. of hype. Now, I train, and I don't show the same intensity. I start to believe it is going to be easy uh, until uh, the night of the fight when they come to pick me up in my locker room. And uh, the guy says, it's my turn to fight. And he says, "Uh, GSP, you're up next. Are you ready? And when he asked me this question, are you ready? I said to myself, oh, shoot. Uh, Now I am not ready. That's deep shit. And you just you summoned. Well, you got you got knocked out. Yeah, and it was uh, very bad. I was walking to the octagon, and uh, you see as I walk there, I am like, fuck, I am not ready for this fight. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, uh, now I'm going yeah. to, like, fuck, I am walking to a funeral or something. And then I got TKO at 325 of uh, the round. Huge upset. You know, made history. Oh, but Yeah, very big humiliation, biggest of my life. But this is a comeback story, because you would get that belt back. Mm. And... 
I'm curious, do you have any fun memories that may be on the more uplifting side? Oh, it's hard to say. GSP lives a very good life. He has mar- very many models that... Could you choose from your dream journal again? All right. I will go to my dream journal. This one comes from, again, bjjpan.com. Oh, perfect. And uh, this one is very nice. Uh, it's a heartwarming story for all. This is when uh, GSP, he does such a good job. He wins uh, all the title. I give one of my title to a different training partner each time. That's amazing. Yes, very nice. GSP. Belt? Jeez. I gotta... yep. Okay. Well, that's why you train with killers. But if well, I can promise you this right now, Kevin. Yeah. If I come back and GSP does very well. I- I'm on the belt list? No. Oh. But your co-host is. He is very MVP number one on this show. He's not even here when you are. This is okay. Well, I appreciate that add-in, and uh, you know, I would also like to say he is better looking. Yes, oh, no. Okay. Well, this has been he this week smarter. in GSP. Oh, you finally get it right when you are insulted. I see how it works now. <laughs> All right, GSP out. Uh, ole, GSP. Read my dream journal on BJJPen.com. <laughs> Verbal Tap fans, George's St. Pierre. Uh, yeah, title holder. All right, let's bring back some uh, co-hosting this vessel to nowhere. Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How's but, GSP working out for you? First of all, he's great. And I got to tell you, I'm really enjoying the freshness of the first few minutes now that he's he's wholesale in. I'm uh, just keeps my life uh, alive and kicking. What was Do the... you ever know what to expect with him? Oh, you know I don't. He just okay. uh, he comes running in. He punches me in the face a few times. <laughs> Seems to have some ad- admiration from you that's completely out of left field. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. We're going to get to this in a second. But <laughs> Okay, so there's an article that goes up that says, uh, UFC star Conor McGregor cancels role in Vin Diesel's Triple X sequel because he doesn't want any distractions before his Nate Diaz rematch at UFC 200. Now, that brings up some interesting questions we, again, will get to later. But uh, somebody just posted this on our Facebook, and it said, I fuck on the first date. Now, (laughs) what? I guess it's in response to our prompt, which to that story we put, oh, shit, things are getting serious, y'all. Meaning, oh, well, if this rumor is true and they are going to rematch each other, there's a lot to talk about there. But let's get to the point of I fuck on the first date. Uh, I'm a big fan of social media for these reasons. Can I get excited about this fight first before we diverge into what's going on in Daryl's life? You can. Uh, I would like to spend more time talking about Daryl's life, though. I do, too. So the fight's on. Diaz McGregor, too. (laughs) Is I fuck on the first date a tattoo one of them has? or <laughs> John Hannick will have to get that one next. <laughs> Kev, why are we doing this fight? Because uh, it's awesome and it made a lot of money. It's the best point we could make. So apparently, allegedly, rumored, uh, UFC 196 sold somewhere in the region of 1.5 million pay-per-view buys. A lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah. Now, us as fans, you know, we sit here, we're listening to a podcast about MMA. Kevin and I are discussing stuff about MMA. Uh, I ask you this, Kev. Were there any 
unanswered questions in that fight. Did you ever look at that fight and say, ah, I wonder if it had been different because? Nope. nope. Don't okay. feel that way at all. Okay, because it was pretty definitive. Um, and it so wasn't then, like he got caught with like a weird game. He got submitted via rear naked choke. It's a pretty defend. I mean, if it's not, you know how people are like, oh, he didn't have a full fight camp. It's like to know that he needs to defend against the most popular choke in the world. Mm-hmm. Probably not. I mean, there's not a game plan that's going to teach him how to defend against that. But well, I don't four weeks. also know that there's a game plan that says, hey, guess what? Maybe you should know you're going to be fighting at 170 this whole time. Yeah. Oh, wait, what's that? You are now just going to walk around and not know that when you're a little bit bigger, you lose a little bit of the speed. That's weird. Who could have thought? Who would okay. See that coming? So <laughs> bigger uh, opponent, harder to knock out again. Yeah, <sighs> really weird. So, you know, the nice part about this is it brings up a good question, which is why are we doing it again? Well, Dana White basically saw the pay-per-view figures and said, uh, fuck your logic. This is the fight you're getting because it sold 1.5 million before. Whereas us fans may say, I don't like, do we really see it going differently? And here's the thing I'm going to ask you, Kevin, because I said I wanted to see something like this. I was the one that put it out there and said, you know, I'm rooting for Dia so that we can get kind of a trilogy thing going on and we can live it and love it again. (laughs) Now that it's happening, I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm good. Satisfied. I saw it. I understood what happened that time. I don't know that we need to see it again. Well, you know what they're I I guess if we can add any fun motive, I have one. Mm -hmm. They want to revitalize McGregor and they think he looks deflated. And I was okay. like, how do we get him back to Puffy to where he's got that cocky chest? Uh, well, let's see if he can knock Diaz out now that he's pissed off. But that would do it. Will he do it or does he have a better chance going back down to 145? Sub question, do they fucking hate Frankie Edgar that much? Definitely. Uh, he has a better chance going to 145. And I think so. Because isn't it, it's almost got to be Edgar versus Aldo now. Is that that what they're trying to sell us or that's the the kind of is that, uh, that going to be for the interim belt what are they trying to do here well it's his belt so yeah it would be for the belt it would be for the 145 meanwhile uh dos anjos was apparently saying like hey man i'll take a diaz i'll take a lawler uh way cooler by the way mm. i would watch him fight his uh he also said he'd beat them both in one night referring to mcgregor and diaz how do mm. we get that how do i get that uh, well, we'll get to that one a little bit later, but there's an organization called You Are Fights. <laughs> where, so, where dreams can come true. Where all of your magical fight dreams can ch- come true. Uh, but if you don't know anything about UR Sports, don't Google it. Don't look at no, anything. No, no, no. Allow Just us to tell you. Stay willfully. Five minute mark of the show. Oh, my God. Because it's worth it. It yeah. is worth it. <laughs> uh, Holly Holmes pissed about UFC 200. Which, she should be. Yeah, she should be. Um, I would like to see her fight somebody big, though. She should get a fight. Put her on the card. Should she get a rematch? Uh, probably. <laughs> Though they're like, can we afford to like make that one? I mean, yeah, she should. Shamrock and I, Raph, the dream lives. You know I've had this dream to go to Coachella, whatever the F the kids are going to by the time we get it worked out, mm-hmm. with Ken Shamrock and do shrooms together tested positive for an opioid which is to me the saddest because it's probably like a painkiller hold on yeah i was about to say kev as the resident drug expert of the show you're gonna have to explain <laughs> what that means 
Yeah, uh, to those folks who may not be as well versed. And as the resident drug expert, I never remember that, so it's very helpful to get the prompt. He was probably on such a high dosage of painkillers that that's what he tested positive for, which, guys, is sadder. <laughs> it's sadder. If it had been Molly, I would have been like, great, at least he's still partying. It was probably just like something so he could sleep at night. That's great. So let's just keep those fights rolling. Uh, now, <laughs> if only we had saved that for UR fights. <laughs> The premier fighting organization <laughs> this weekend was Pan Am's yes. where and if you're not paying attention, flow grappling has changed the way you can now watch grappling. You can watch whatever Matt. It makes perfect sense. You can stay completely in tuned. They were covering it. They even add some pretty good commentary. Day two. Give you some finals matches. Raph, you were live and present. I was. So this is the nice uh, dichotomy you get on the show. Kevin's He's out in Denver and he's watching the show on the interwebs, whereas I'm covering it live. And so you get the multitude of perspectives here. So on Kevin's side, you do get great commentary. And I I heard that as well. Uh, I happen to know a couple of folks who were doing it and I thought they were doing just fine. But that was only on one mat. I think it would be so great to at least get different options, to have those people commentate on more things than one. I mean, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I've apparently looked on the uh, BJJ Reddit forums, and it looks like something that they're taking into consideration if that's an issue. Maybe you don't even listen to the commentary. Who knows? You might hear good people commentating every once in a while, like myself or John Evans. Uh, but Rarely. Hold no. your horses. <laughs> um, so... It's nice to see all of that. Uh, it is very overwhelming every time I go because in one second, you just may be sitting there with Asai in hand and enjoying your match. And then maybe moments later, a Meow Brother just decides to get in your way and block your line of vision. And I got to tell you, I wasn't even mad. Yeah. First of all, you couldn't have had that much vision because they're not very large people. So Surprise it must have already everybody? been a tight window. They they know how to use themselves to their <laughs> maximum makes, potential. His so legs were up there. His mm-hmm. arms just like uh, makes himself a small tent. That'll happen. Did you? I mean, excuse me, meow, brother. No. What I started doing though was I started getting, bolo your way out of my view. <laughs> I started getting my camera to like politely move them out of the way. Like, hey, I'm taking photos here. And then I think at some point they just kind of turn at me and smile for the camera as if like I'm taking a photo of them. And I'm like, no. Hi, guys. You're here. Whatever. Thanks, guys. All right. I mean, I might as well take one. Uh, But no, the Meow Brothers is always fun to watch. And it was very interesting to see uh, their progression. And it's also interesting to note the different cultures that happen there because there are some gyms that are loud. And they get very hyped and they get very excited. And I've never seen anybody get that hype for an advantage, uh, but they they do. They love them some uh, some imaginary points. It is the best. Uh, so yeah, it's like. Uh... But if I could reveal a personal story to you, Kevin? Yes, please. This is something that really bugs me. I like your view from the local. The local, yeah. Well, I try to give you guys the insight of what's happening, you know, with a living, breathing mechanism of the live show. So I go there and we've discussed the difference between uh, being 
an average size person, which, you know, I'm about average build. And then being jujitsu fat. So I go to these events and I always feel jujitsu fat because uh, everybody there basically in the stands is essentially competing. So I'm always hoping that when I see people get done with competition, they're going to chow down on some major cheat food because that makes sense, right? They've worked their way. They've earned the like animal style fries, the in and out burgers, all of that stuff. Right, Kev? Oh, they've earned it. Yeah. Right. And weight cuts aren't easy. So I, you know, I don't have to weight cut. So I, I appreciate them. And I think that's great. And I'm rooting for them. But instead, every competitor around me is eating the healthiest things. Their Nutribar fucking shits. They're super healthy drink and shakes and it disgusts me because here i am walking with a hot dog and nachos yeah and i've now come to the point where i have to go shame eat and when i say (laughs) i have to go shame eat i have to find like the darkest crevice because one if you eat nachos or even a hot dog to that extent you'll have like stuff that could spill on you and you don't want to have to shake somebody's hand after you've done it. So I'm just like, listen, I'm going to go eat in shame in like the darkest corner. And I did that. And when I made my way all the way over to there and I was going to sit down, the nachos that I had in hand made it all the way to the seat. And then one just decided to like go rogue just and drop on my pants. Right. That's not cool, by the way. Random nacho. Mm-hmm. I was so pissed. And I said, this is exactly why I come here to shame eat. But that wasn't the only kind of hilarious uh, aside that happens to me, Kev. Would you like to know another? Yeah. In addition to the nacho cheese magic <laughs> bullet theory, I want to hear, hear more about Yes, because that's the best. I they, First of all, if I could make a suggestion for flow grappling, it's that maybe one camera I could just send anywhere I want. Because these are the types of moments it's like I could watch her have shavy for probably eight or nine minutes. Oh, and I look, I'm sure, like a wildlife video of like, <laughs> oh, and there's just a sneaky bear over there. The just chip, like insane. parachute out of the nacho thing. Just like fire oh, a shotgun of nacho cheese at Raph's leg. Now look at Raph. He thinks that nobody's looking at him. <laughs> but as he looks to the camera, you can see the fear in his eyes. Oh, yes. We see you there, fatty. <laughs> Slow motion of, like, ketchup. <laughs> the, uh, I was so mad. But that wasn't even the I, – I don't know. I don't think that was the biggest shame. The bigger shame I think that happened was uh, – so I guess I, I stayed over at my sister's place because uh, she lives in Anaheim and that's just closer to where Irvine is, which, by the way, is a drive for those of us out here. Uh, my compliments to all of the competitors who were driving out from all the way this side – of the <laughs> the 405 but i managed to forget to bring a belt and i don't know if you know this but i when you're wearing jeans or stuff and you uh tend to be wearing gear or like camera in my case and, you know, you're sometimes kind of like running in between. You'll feel like, you know, pants are sagging kind of shit and you look like a hooligan, you know, not on purpose, but it does happen. Yeah. So I was doing pretty well. Like I, I was doing fine. But it finally on like I think it was Sunday, it had gotten to the point where it was getting so bad that I had to wear my gi belt as a belt. Have you ever had to do this, Kevin? 
No, I have not. Okay, let me explain something to you real quick of why that's so amazing to do at a grappling tournament. Yeah. Because you could try and hide it, you know? You could try. But for whatever reason, there's just this random blue tail sticking out of your shirt for whatever reason. No matter how well you tie the knot, it is sticking out there. At all times. Uh Uh-huh. Because they're thick belts, guys. They're meant to uh, keep uniforms closed. Yep. And uh, I don't know if you know this. But everybody you run into is probably a higher belt than you. So it doesn't hurt that when one of the first people you run into when you're wearing said belt is Braulio Estima. And, you know, he's a black belt. Tall. So that's fun. Very, very tall. Very tall. Very, very there. So, you know, it just makes you like really hyper self-conscious to the point where I think somebody was like, Raph, are you wearing your belt? And I was like, of course I am. Aren't you? <laughs> like it's a thing that like, people do just go the other way it's like yeah i know fashion <laughs> i do so anyway those are some uh behind the scenes highlights but kev you brought up an interesting point uh that i really want to get into great uh, which is there were some great fights i want you to talk first about a couple of your favorite performances or matches uh, and then I'm going to bring up a concept a little bit later. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with uh, some major shout outs. Sunday was difficult to to like pick certain matches because mm. at one point I loved it. I'm watching Mackenzie Dern fight and and do Mackenzie Dern things. And then I just flip over to Math 7 because the fight had ended. And, oh, it's JT Torres. Yeah. Great. This is fantastic. Uh, had a blast watching JT's fights. He fought yeah. a thousand times, it felt like, on Sunday. A real blast. There was one standout performer for me, Nicholas Marigali, whom I got a little fever for now, Raph, jiu-jitsu game-wise. You watch this guy? I have. He's quite good. And couldn't, I believe this is his second year running in uh, dominating that field. Couldn't stop submitting people. Uh, presumably will be a black belt soon enough i guess (laughs) kevin says suspiciously wondering if he got his black belt on a podium somewhere kev let me ask you though real quick you were in love with him what was it about him that he was doing what was there some kind of specific uh technique or yeah kind of thing he was using his ability to use his guard and just make really big pressure guys completely miss was impressive because he was Nick Schrock, I think, was uh, the guy he fought and who I also watched fight like seven times who really brought the noise with his judo grips and throws. <laughs> just couldn't do anything against him. Didn't yeah. have an answer for his game. And it's just like when you see someone use their guard and their length that effectively, it's uh, it's like, how the hell? Because then his top game, this is what I like about what we're seeing. You saw the Meows do it quite a bit. Shout out to them for some amazing matches. Uh, <laughs> the small guy top game is in a revolutionary place right now that's awesome. And Marigali's got a vicious top game once he uh, gets around your legs, which is pretty quick. So It's very nice and interesting to note. One thing I saw uh, I was very happy for, our good friend uh, Edwin Najmi ended up picking up a title. And uh, the story, I guess, behind that was he was thinking about not competing. I, I believe his awesome. grandfather passed away. And uh, it was like a just a couple days before and uh, apparently Hamelo ended up talking him into competing and said, nah, you'd really, really respect uh, you if you were doing this. It's probably better for you. You'd do great, I'm sure. 
And in his first year being a black belt, ends up taking gold. And uh, obviously, it was the right choice for him to do it. He was um, tuned in. He was but that Estima lock at the end was, was so viciously quick and beautiful and great to watch. And so, uh, you know, I mean, that's the beauty of the Estima lock is that in an instant, it's just kind of done. But in I a also, final, it's even nicer to see. I have a theory about this, Ref. The yeah. Estima lock. Um, usually put in place by good-looking guys, doesn't mess up their hair. As I as I noticed, as Edwin <laughs> flawlessly executed that in a pretty nice uh, hair look. So compliments to them. You know, it's well, just nice to be able to incorporate style too. Hair <laughs> really making the difference. Uh, Shanji ended up also having a great tournament. <laughs> Shanji Ibero, the Ibero brothers in general. Yeah, both Ibero's. But Shanji is that kind of competitor. That I know he's getting older and getting up there, but it doesn't look or feel like when he gets in. Is he? Because he looked sort of like he, he kind of just looks so calm while he fights now. Mm -hmm. So really, I I mean, age and science tells me he is getting older. Mm -hmm. However, you would not be able to tell that from the quick and vicious ability of him to put on a Kimura and just be like, "Yep, we good." Am I advancing or did I win the whole thing? I won? Cool. Thanks. Yay. But on the other side, you saw uh, Solo. There was a weird moment because they both had their matches going on at the same time. That was funny. And I go, thought that Solo was actually trying to stall the ref from raising his hands so that there would be the concurrent time of both of them getting their hands raised. Uh, it looked that way. I don't think he did it on purpose. So please don't tell them that. That would be awesome, by the way. Uh, but it, I, I, I did think that was extra special great for those guys because – uh, I mean, they're obviously just legends in the sport, but they they provide a very – and as you were saying, they, they're in such control of what they're doing, but they provide such a smart and tactical jiu-jitsu game that it is fun to watch just how proficient they are. They're just so calm. That's mm-hmm. the part that keeps confusing me when you watch them. It's like, aren't you supposed to be nervous in that situation? <laughs> I mean – us, yeah, sure, maybe. Yeah, or put some. Is it your face supposed to be groaning with effort and sweat? Why don't you yeah. look like you're about to pass out while you're trying to pass that person's guard? It's crazy. Uh, I'm trying to think of what other stuff I saw. I mean, you mentioned JT Torres. I really like watching him all the time. Leandro Lowe was having a good tournament as well. There was a great match between him, I believe. Galvo uh, had a good one. Uh, it, I mean, it, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was my last one. Is that uh, Bernardo is. He's magic, man. I mean, to catch an Ezekiel to end your day and just do it so calmly. I mean, maybe that's hey, the key. Where do you think he was? Him. Did you know it took them forever to get him, or was that something maybe that they overplayed on the – they could not find him, and it was like a stage five situation, according to the broadcast. <laughs> just in their voice. You know, they were like uh, – we're told he's around, and you can see they really were just like, um, is he here? And uh, there was a little nervousness. To my knowledge, he's just, you know, I mean, with the connection between him and Marcelo Garcia, you know, they just kind of smile a lot. And I'm sure he was basically somewhere behind the scenes just smiling at somebody, and they're like, dude, you're on. And he's like, they'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> And of course we will because it was so worth it. Like that that final match was uh, – awesome. we didn't make a, a, a goddamn word the whole awesome. time because we were just enjoying what it is we knew 
he was about to do. And that's against someone with the world's defense. Like if we all had to get together and choose whose jujitsu defensive game, yeah. a lot of us would be like Leandro Lowe. Mm-hmm. That's the guy. I mean, if you look at his stats on BJJHeroes.com, just look and see how many times he's been submitted. And do yourself a favor and really commit that to memory. So when you see him actually get submitted like that, it's a rare occurrence, just to say the least. So it really does bring a new side of it. And I mean, it was in the absolute, so you've you've got to respect that, but... Uh, they're both killers, and it's just nice to see uh, Bernardo just kill it. I was I was especially happy every time he got on the mats. I think the place kind of got a little bit quieter, and that was really nice to see. But you know, it wasn't nice, Kev. What? Okay, so I have to put this out there. Um, I don't know if this is a flow grappling thing. I don't think it is. I think this is actually an IBJJF thing. But they have this rule. So you can go all the way through the week. If your friends are competing, you can record on your cell phones and all that sort of thing, right? Yes. So when I happened to be getting there, I heard there was a situation over, you know, the people who are working behind the scenes, like who check your bags. I overhear on their like walkie talkie where they say, hey, guys, um, we've got a situation with cameras. Please make sure to be on the lookout for cameras. Well, what do you think I have in hand? A big camera. Well, not a big camera, but a camera. So I go, well, this ought to be fun. Now, the whole weekend, I had just mostly been taking uh, – like I did Instagram videos a couple times and then I did uh, mostly still shots from my point-and-shoot camera, which is basically a prosumer camera. It's not exactly a professional camera, but it's not exactly you know, your point-and-shoot kind of camera. So I go and I take it over to the lady. She looks at it. She goes, is this lens bigger than it is? And I go, I don't – what does that question even mean? What? <laughs> Uh, no, no, it definitely isn't. It's exactly the way you see it. I don't know what else to tell you. And she goes, okay, because we got a a thing. Are you media? And I was like, I'm not media. I'm just here watching the events. Why? And she goes, well, you know, you can't take videos. And I go, has that changed from any other day? And, you know, I feel bad for her. I sympathize. She's just somebody who's voicing the opinions of the arena or the governing body. And she goes, well, you can't have professional cameras in there. And I go, well, that's a good thing for you because it's not a professional camera. Also, I'm not a professional. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to bring this camera in there and I'm going to have a great day. And so are you. Thanks. Bye. And I walked away (laughs) because she was minutes away from asking me as she was grabbing my microphone. She goes, is this a microphone? And I just kind of like put it down and go, we don't you don't need to do that. Come on. Okay, bye. We don't need to touch. No so it was kind of a rude moment to have with her and I felt bad, but then I didn't because here's the thing, guys. I do understand that jiu-jitsu needs to be popular and I think this always goes back to that age-old Harkin. Are we really hindering the sport if we've got bootleg copies of something? Like am I going to go out in the streets and be like, yo, 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 I got some fucking – you want some Bernardo, man? I got three Bernardos right for you right now. Can I explain what people are doing, Raph, to those that are at the live event that might be confused? Okay, well, there is what I've already referenced called a live stream. And while I love the content delivery networks that are live internet streams, not very protected. Trust me when I tell you, if someone would like to pirate these matches, it's much easier to hit record on their screen capture 
and just watch the fights on the online stream than it is to go to the live event where you have to have a pretty expensive camera, a pretty expensive amount of memory, and then the ability to take that and put it onto your computer. Do you... Does that paint the picture? Is that do, easier? It, maybe, but I thought there was also something interesting in the fact that, that I saw people That probably doesn't who, do it. People are like, I'm not sold. I'm going to be <laughs> well, tough the at reason. the event because that's where the pirates are. It's like, no, we're online. Apologies. And I guess the other issue is we obviously want to protect content and uh, original property, so that's no problem. And you and I are very respectful of that. We are, and you know what I mean? Like, I totally understand I would rather them tell me there than give a strike to me on YouTube or anything like that, which can really uh, hinder anybody's ability to uh, do reviews or to do fair use kind of footage kind of things. I think the weird part where it gets is, so they were letting people with iPads go ahead and take photos, or not photos, but videos of things. So when you mentioned earlier about having a camera that you can use to follow me anywhere, I pose this to you, Kevin. Yeah. Who's to say that I can't just hire a drone with an iPad on it to just be flying around and be like, yo, you tell me to get my drone down. You got to tell that guy to put down his iPad. Yeah. I love where your head's at. And just I think saying. We should get like a big drone for this. Yo. <laughs> huge completely... drone. <laughs> and definitely one that wouldn't disturb the fighters when nope, it's. Nope. And the wind that it gusts up to hold the iPad. Nope. We're good. People's lapels are flying everywhere. You know. The referees are even more discombobulated. Hey, we're going to keep the grappling news going. Mm. Um, Pans was great. People should check out uh, the championship articles uh, see who the one see who won go train with them polaris 3 is coming up we're not going to talk about it much right now but it's on our radar and we're we're getting potentially the around the mat crew back together what do you think Might about be getting that? the band back together again yeah yeah the big news in grappling this week uh was pan ams in a very small small story also <laughs> Metamorus is back? Yeah. Question mark. They have released a very serious news footage parody video that feels like somebody made choices they think Michael Bay would have made without a budget. <laughs> Metamorus featuring Buchecha versus Hodger Gracie. Now, back to your point, have, mm-hmm. when you were talking about Diaz and McGregor, and like, do you want to see it? It's like... I can't say that I do. I don't not want to see it. Of course, I'll watch it, but it's not the. I, I guess they fought twice, and it's kind of a little bit of a rivalry. Like, it's a great fight. Buchecha is apparently thinking about fighting. Then you have Gabriel Gonzaga, Satoshi Ish- Gabriel Gonzaga, Satoshi, Gilbert Burns versus Dylan Danis, Halleck versus Tim Spriggs. Let's stop here for a second. <laughs> Because there's some good fighters on this card, and we're probably not going to talk about you. So I will tell you guys this. Our colleagues over at Inside BJJ did an interview with Hollick. Now, I don't know exactly what to say about this interview, but I can tell you if you come into this interview with a certain perspective – it's very likely you are going to walk out with that very same perspective. So, 
keep that in mind. Um, however, I would encourage you to go listen to it if you're really interested in hearing some of the behind the scenes going ons. And one of the reasons why I listened to it, and they, they preface it very well. I believe Tim did the interview, and it's a full sit down over in Torrance where they just put a, a microphone between the two of them and they just chatted and talked. And, uh, you know, Tim prefaced it with saying, Hey guys, I just want you to know I'm trying not to come into this with any judgments. I just want you guys to think however you want to think. We want to try and do it objectively. And he does ask Holic some very, very pointed questions. And if you've ever heard a Holic interview before, you know those sometimes prompt interesting results. So I would say this. If you guys want to go listen to that, please do. We encourage you. We like the guys inside BJJ. And uh, if you have opinions over it, let us know because that's the big interview that they're doing to try and get people, I think, excited for Metamorris again or at least to try and do a make-hopla to the audience and say, hey, remember us? We had it so good, baby. Come on. Come on back to Metamorris. The Reddit forum tears them apart in a great way. I really well, like the Reddit forum. People should Reddit, go to that. Reddit, the Reddit check forum. Out the, Metamorris <laughs> the Reddit forum has its hits and its misses. This is it. So it's a, it's a mixed bag. However, some of the comments there are very funny. I also I, like that they were like, why is the fucking secret match back? Yes. Like, everybody hates this. No one thinks it's a good idea because everyone thinks you just don't have another match. Well, I think the important thing to note on the uh, Holic is fighting aspect is we've seen certain kinds of wording that said, uh, you know, it's something to the effect of, well, we know one Metamorphs fighter who is going to get paid. And I think you guys got to go the opposite way. Uh, now Holic will actually know what it's like not to be paid as a fighter on his card. I, and I think that might change things. I think he's going to donate $500 and be like, this is what true grapplers do. <laughs> right, guys? See, I'm competing and I'm donating money to my organization. <laughs> Catch um, the hot fire. Come on. If I could give you a couple teases as to what you would want to hear over there, um, a couple of things you might want to know. Apparently, Diaz versus GSP was a possibility at Metamorris. Um, they apparently Couldn't say that Gary is a good grappler, Gary Tonin, but that they helped to make him. Okay. He gets that he is perceived as being aloof. <laughs> he had actually considered going back to MMA to pay off Metamorris fighter debts. Uh, Why don't you go suck dick, Halleck? That's how much we care. <laughs> you go sell a jobs for five dollars. I almost started fighting again, so this could keep going. Uh, uh, memes still kind of bug him. <laughs> Good. Uh, in regard to issues regarding money, uh, the answer is something to the effect of you guys couldn't possibly understand. And uh, this is the most important one. I actually had to message Kevin on this one because I, I couldn't actually believe it was happening. But it, I, I promise you this happens in the interview and I encourage you to listen to this specific part. OK. But there's also a moment where he compares the intrigue over their criticism to being akin to going through someone else's dirty laundry and being surprised that there are shit stains. So go for the Metamorris intel and some of the interesting tidbits that they get out of him and the – the research and the know-how and the behind-the-scenes nature of it all, great. But stay for the shit stains. Yeah. 
What an apt comparison. And if uh, that's not a great preview for our good friends at Inside BJJ, say, that's, that's the one. I just I can't sell it any better, guys. But uh, like I said, go listen to InsideBJJ.com. Yeah, so, and Yuri is fighting Mateus. It's the last match. Obviously, outside of the secret match, which is totally booked, and they've t- totally set up already. Yep. UFC Fight Night Australia. Fun night of KOs. I was in a real sports blur during these fights. Um, but I still would have stopped the Hector Lombard fight. Neil Magny was beating him senselessly at the end of round two. And they went in and were like, nah, let's see how this guy does with one more round. And didn't look good <laughs> at all. Like No one should have let him go out there. And this is, you got to be careful about this shit, shit UFC. Like, this is bad, bad. <laughs> that was brutal. So watch him just get punished for an extra minute past when he should have. Um Frank Mir KO'd early, KO'd hard. Yes. I'm enjoying how quickly people, Brian Stan was like, we got to, you know, maybe it's a good time to become a commentator. Maybe give it 48 before you jump on the, start shoveling dirt onto the grave there, Brian. Just maybe 48 hours uh, after the loss. Did you uh, get to see, all you needed to see was a highlight. So I was... He still got it. I was at uh, at Pans and I was covering stuff there. But I would occasionally look down for updates and I was trying to keep up with stuff. And uh, man, Didn't... it was rough to uh, look at some of the highlights because looking at the Magni fight, I just said, man, do I don't even yeah. know that I want to watch this entire fight. Instagram went crazy. Everybody went crazy. Everybody was like, stop the fight. But then the Hunt knockout. Ooh. Is like, is this dude playing baseball because he's just getting like walk off home runs with these things where he just like he he bunts their fucking face into the back of their skull and then just goes, thank you. Thank you. Babe Ruth's his way around. Call and the, the thing shot, is, it's like in, in some other fights, you would think that would be a highlight reel of somebody like saying, no, no, the fight's not done. Sort of an Anderson Silva, if you will. But in his case, he hits them so hard that everybody goes. Oh, yeah, no, this is done. Well done, my friend. But uh, I i mean, it's impressive. It's great to see. It's even better when you heard this week that apparently Dana White was trying to offer uh, Mark Hunt go away money, which I didn't know existed because if I, I did, that. I would have handled my press duties at the UFC much differently. <laughs> go away money. Mm-hmm. Should uh, they should have offered us that. Mm-hmm. Other noteworthy wins, Ross Pearson gets a win, Alan Hoban, Matthews, poor Tehuna got knocked out, and everybody was surprised, nice job on Bosi, and uh, got to, you know, see Beck Rawlings beat up Samohi Ham, Siohi yep. Ham, nailed it. Yogi Ham. Five tries during, I was like, wait, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but fun night of fights, N- not bad. Is Anderson Silva versus Uriah Hall done? Like it's ready? Uh, I think it's in the stages of being finalized. I'm not sure exactly. Um, I just know I'm in a place where when I read it, the first thing I said was, oh, my God, this is amazing. Three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's that would have been rad. That would have right. been so rad. <laughs> I'm, I'm even sitting here trying to be excited about it. And it's just like. I wasn't when I first saw the names and then 
You're like, yeah, one's past his prime, one's finding his prime. I don't yeah. Know. Well, <laughs> I mean, prime time. He's finding. How do you prime. describe? Oh, that's right. Yeah. What the other one's brawling with uh, Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. What's Luke Rockhold up to, and why is he why is he spouting off? Luke Rockhold's in the middle of a media tour, and I guess he figures he can only shit on Chris Weidman for so much while he's defending his good friend Daniel Cormier. But recently he said, who the fuck cares if people like John Jones more than Daniel Cormier? To which I ask you, Kevin, do they? I mean, uh, yeah, I kind of care a little bit. But do they like John Jones more than Daniel Cormier? Oh, definitely not. No. I think Did we're they? in a weird place. They may say that I would say this. I would think that people like John Jones as a this fighter category. more than Daniel Cormier. Oh, sure. Maybe. I don't know. But I guess if you're talking demographics, maybe he has better intel than we do because they just appeal to different sets of people. You know, Cormier has got his fans at Popeye's who supply him with plenty of food after each of his fights. And John Jones has his Coke dealer. And – they both appeal to different sets of Neither's human better. beings. Neither is better than the other. We're you just... might say one's more illegal than the other. <laughs> I mean, only because of politics. Like, but who what is to judge? Not us. <laughs> Not if we're talking about a fit lifestyle. Exactly. Uh, Popeyes versus... Especially when you start great... to wonder if, if the Coke made those fights good. It would be great if we could get Cormier to wear a Popeye's shirt and John Jones to just wear a Coke shirt. <laughs> just a bro statement about cocaine. I think the weirder part of that situation was the interaction between the two was, and I, we may have touched on this like a few episodes ago, but it still makes me laugh when John Jones was like, yeah, fat boy, yeah, <laughs> I beat you when I was all drugged up. And Daniel Cormier just goes, and you're proud of that? <laughs> he's like well you know kind of so yes i think you have an interesting aspect i don't know why he's doing I'm that luke rockhold he also said that oh that's right yeah. wow sorry luke i forgot you were even involved in this story because there are so many more interesting people involved in that we already story. talked about cormier popeyes judges cocaine and by the end of it sorry just slipped my mind yeah well, because think about it. I mean, what else do you know about Luke Rockhold other than he um, and he does uh, that thing with his brothers? They're all mm-hmm. people that fight and play mm-hmm. sports They're... and stuff. And I don't know, like it's just Luke Rockhold never really speaks to me. That's why I think in the press buildup between him and Weidman, I just elect to take the nap. Who's Holly Holm fighting on that card? Let's, uh, let's spruce it up a little bit. But and, all power to him. It's definitely an interesting thing to really go off of for him. But Kev, there's a very interesting aspect of when he's selling a fight and he really seems to be gunning for it, really like getting the crowd pumped up. That sometimes he just says weird things, right? I love it. Okay. This so if I were great. to ask you in regard to saying some weird things – if you hear him behind the scenes saying the following, what would your reaction be when he says Rockheld uh, says Jones fans getting into Cormier's head again, going into UFC 197 rematch? So he's also trying to say that 
apparently psychologically it's getting into Daniel Cormier's head and is publicly publicly saying that as well. I love it. Is this Rockhold or Jones saying this? This is Rockhold. Saying Why is Rockhold? I'm, I'm so confused. Why is Rockhold like uh, chiming in on getting into Cormier's head? I think he was trying to this say honestly that his his friend, good Daniel Cormier, was letting his emotions get the better of him. Oh, he's giving him a little friend justice in public. That always yeah. goes well. Yeah, exactly. You want to hash these things out through the media. And that's a great thing to let the media then decide how you're handling it. Like, oh, it's the best. Because yeah, right. then we're going to step in and we're going to really paint it. Like, First of all, we forgot your name during a segment. That was our fault. Exactly. Second, <laughs> now we're just like, why the fuck is Luke? Uh, Luke needs um, Weidman. Can you help him out here? Can you just say one thing that's <laughs> provocative or interesting? Luke Rockhold's now had to engage his teammate to get some banter. Like, let's... And, you know, I mean, it's, it's a tough... Tough, tough thing to actually get. Rockhold trying to get up to the two hundred five. By the way, is that the end of this? <laughs> Rockhold's like, really I'm sure ready to go up a class. Rockhold is on all of this. I think Rockhold's just trying to find a way to be interesting enough, uh, and maybe even I, I don't know. But it's a very honest depiction of what's going on with his buddy. He should do a clinger thing. What's a clinger thing, Ken? From Mash when he dressed in drag to try and get kicked out of the army. I'm so glad that. Wait, that's not Klinger. Is that Klinger? Which one's Klinger? Wow. I'm so glad that you're dropping knowledge from sitcoms that happened 40 years ago on the show. That was a great, great show. You could say that, but you can also say that whenever MASH came on, on like repeats after Married with Children over here in LA, I would look at it and go, well, it's time for bed. Yeah, I wasn't much of a sleeper, so I'd get like an hour of Roseanne, and then Mash would come on. It's mm. great, Maxwell Q. Klinger. Yeah, so the <laughs> I was I had it earlier when we were talking about Coke. I was gonna parlay that into our next story because mm. I know cocaine's gonna be involved. UFC might be for sale, looking for six billion. How long have you known about this? Is this real? Yeah, I don't know that it's real. I I don't know that anything is ever real in like that. MMA or grappling journalism. By the way, if you stuck around, we're just about to get to UR fights. So oh, it's it's hang in there. Soon. I know some of you tuned in just for that this week. <laughs> the so. People are like, I'm back at 45. Where is it? I got to hear about these potentially <laughs> real fights. So Jonathan Snowden, who is a reporter, uh, MMA reporter. He says strong rumors that the UFC is in talks with China media capital to sell the promotion, looking for a $6 billion valuation. Crazy times. They followed up by saying UFC courting multiple deals, new CFO, and signs of a potential sale. I'd place odds at even for a 2016 sale. Okay. So obviously, you know, I mean, we hear the rumors that they're going to sell every once in a while. They could. I, I wouldn't dispute that. It does seem a little interesting, maybe because the UFC did have a record year in profit, but they made about $600 or $6 billion in profit. So the $6 billion valuation is an interesting one. I guess what I keep coming back to, Kevin, and I'll ask you this is, would Dana White and the brothers give up 
control of that's their baby. That's the part that's crazy to me. It's like, what are they? What are they doing if they're leaving this? Because they seem like people that, like, by all intents and purposes, live like they're still kind of poor. They're obviously not, and they're driving, you know, sort of moronic cars. But that's kind of what I'm talking about. But like, yeah, I've got a Lambo, but they feel like they just like the power. That's uh, I agree. But I guess the other question is, do they like all the work? Maybe not. Well, do they like I mean, they look like it's their life and they really like it. Maybe they want to step back a little bit. I just don't see them ceding all control. So whatever if they were to sell it, they would have to involve them in some way. Um, but I would caution Dana because, you know, that's your retirement money that they want to give you. You know, you're trying to think for the future here. But whatever the figure okay. it is you're trying to make, Dana, just remember the following. I know you're taking into consideration your family, but maybe think about what an entire month of parting with Conor McGregor may cost you. Then put that into a multiple. And then you'll have a figure that you can really, really understand that you'll be able to live on. Because I'm pretty sure you could live a comfortable life if you didn't know Conor McGregor. But if you were over at his house for a month, you might be back in debt. <laughs> you got to think about your habits after. Yeah, I agree. Um, big, you're welcome to Justin Gage. Got his suspension reverse. That's the power of the people. We took a stance on this radio podcast program that his ban from World Series of Fighting, I'll just remind you, even though no one needs the reminder, for unsportsmanlike conduct, conduct, a.k.a. a backflip, which led to a bitchin' photo, the ban has been lifted. So, You want to make that official now? It's official. We will watch okay. World Series of Fighting again. Hey, Raph, what happened at UR Fights? And what the fuck is UR Fights? Uh, you are kidding me? No, they're real. You oh, keep you are telling serious. me UR Fights. They're, they're a thing that are existing. You can has results. <laughs> I need. All right, Rep, I don't I know where to, to start. Focus. Up focus. I'm trying, dude. I'm trying to give this event the utter respect the it respect, deserves. The respect to our good friend Kiyoshi, yeah. who messaged me and was like, "Raf, are you watching this?" And I was like, "Hell no! I am waiting for the 20 second snippets of this so that I can get exactly what I need to know out of it." So let's explain to you what happened. It's a little bit of boxing. A little bit of grappling and a little bit of professional wrestling. Now, let's stop on the professional wrestling for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. It was Kurt Angle versus Rey right. Mysterio Jr., which, if you've watched the WWE before, you know they've faced off a couple times. They have great, great matches together back then. Here it was fine. They're both working just okay. But here is the interesting aspect, Kev. Have you ever asked yourself why you don't see more professional fights in a boxing ring that then take place in a professional wrestling ring? I do frequently wonder why they don't just mix venues. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it make more sense? Yeah. It just seems like you could intersplice either one of them. It's awesome. like interchangeable. You just go from, you know, if you're going to box, you might as well be in a professional wrestling ring. What's the difference? Throw well, it turns out there. bouncy ropes. Uh are a huge thing because they use those to bounce off of to get more momentum to hit clotheslines and you know to really put on a good show for folks so when they had an mma fight that was originally supposed to be (laughs) 
if you could recall, Dan Severn versus Ken Shamrock. And then Ken Shamrock, uh, he came down with what, Kevin? A bad case of the opioids. <laughs> okay, thank you. So Ken Shamrock out of the situation. Then, uh, right. you know, Stop Severn it. was without a competitor to really go against. That was until the courageous Tank Abbott offered to step in at the last minute. But, Kevin, what happened there? Uh, they wouldn't medically clear him. Now, in what world is Tank Abbott going to fail a medical exam? I guess a world that takes place in the future. Yeah. 2016. I, just, I couldn't believe that. And <laughs> Credit to uh, Zachary Sargent Lane who put, I think you mean in like every world? Yeah. Great job, dude. We know. Yeah. So, yes, he failed a medical test because, duh, that's exactly the, the he, form they filled out. Yeah. Under under age, he was honest. And then they looked at him and they said, uh, sorry, can't can't do it. <laughs> so fun times there. And, uh, yeah, apparently uh, they ended up getting just two no-name MMA fighters to fight a fight. But that wasn't even the, the they true knocked, They did that reflex test on Tank Abbott's knee, and it wasn't there. Like, <laughs> he didn't have a knee. So they were like, oh, okay, well, it passes <laughs> that, but everything else. But the MMA fighters had a really exceptionally hilarious moment when one of them kind of knocks the other guy through the ropes, but because the bounciness allows him to kind of Shawn Michaels back in, essentially, oh, no. from that middle rope. Oh, my God. He gets a little stuck, and the dude's <laughs> like, well, I'm just going to keep wailing on this guy. So he just keeps punching him and punching him through the outside ropes. The referee comes in, steps in between the two of them. The guy's like, I don't think we're done here, sir, and continues to try and wail on him. It's about <laughs> as ridiculous as you could imagine. So... That's the one side. On the other side, you had a grappling match. Between and it, by the way, speak. real quick, it was 1,000 times the fight Dan Severin versus anyone could have been. Go on. <laughs> uh, well, we don't know. We don't know Dan we Severin do versus Dan We do we know. It's not okay. We don't know that for sure. Ken Shamrock could have. Opioids. Actually- they couldn't medically clear another opponent in his age category. <laughs> they were fresh out. I told you know, Kevin. When you saw that Ken Shamrock would not be able to compete anymore, mm-hmm. was your assumption, just, you know, in the conversation you and I were having, that he's done, right? Yeah. And what of was course. my response to that? <laughs> you seemed to indicate that he might still fight, and I don't. Unfathomable. Mm-hmm. But I like that you hadn't considered that possibility because you no, were trying to argue. I was, said, I was ready to go 60, to 60, Raph. <laughs> we were going I to go and tell him next week. Stop him? Like, I was ready. I was going to look into London music festivals. That's what was next. <laughs> so anyway, you've got that going on. Then you have uh, the grappling match between Chael Sonnen and Michael Bisping, two sure. of the most non-decorated IBJJF or grappling competitors I think you've ever seen. So two guys really known for their... Avoidance of grappling. Mm-hmm. You might even argue that maybe you'd have an actual like wrestling match between the two of them. Much cl- yeah, that'd be fun. You know, hell, I'd even watch a pro wrestling match between the two of them. Sure. But a grappling match is maybe like the deep five on the list. I think I'd rather watch them do chess just so they could articulate what was going on. Exactly. So anyway, that was a real big bummer. I actually did watch more clips of that one. <laughs> that was a real big bummer, which should be comma the theme of this fucking organization 
it's a big bummer. Well, Kev, let me tell you have, why. Because they're not even there. Reel, wait, their highlight reel, Kev, though, was they go, all right, well, let's go back to the takedown. In a three-round, five-minute-each-round contest, 15 minutes of grappling, they had one takedown. God damn. That's a lot of grappling, by the way. But it was funny to watch them kind of grapple in a professional wrestling ring. I'm not going to lie. It's just <laughs> that is it's funny. close to actual professional wrestling, but then they it's don't do tiny. those things. Yeah. So it's just really confusing and, and hard jarring. to see because with ropes in the way. However, I, you want to get to the big one of this story. Roy Jones Jr. was going to fight a fan. That was the whole thing. And Raph and I are like, how is this legal? How is it possible? How is it going to ha- Well, guess what? Nearly kills a guy. I, I have no idea. I know he knocked him out. I don't know what he did. Rap, what happened? What did a guy just walk in? So they ended up getting an MMA fighter. Ray Jones makes quick work of him. The dude goes out in a way, and I coined this, which I said, he got knocked out, but he was looking like he was trying to beat the 10 count back up. But not in an ordinary way where you get to your knees and then you just kind of stand up there <laughs> or you use your arm as kind of a way to, you know, tripod your way back up. No, this dude was literally trying to get back up with thriller hands. Do you think right before he went out, they were like, whatever you do, make it look embarrassing. <laughs> that was their only advice. <laughs> Which, by the way, I want to yell at those assholes for taking the line of advice I always give to Kevin before he competes. Just make it embarrassing. I, you know, okay, I don't know what to say about this event other than I've gotten a million messages about it and it happened, guys. And I'm so serious. You are fights, real stuff. You are joking. (laughs) There is a small chance it's a meme, Raph, but there's also a small chance it's real. I saw a tale of the take against what appeared to be avatars of CM Punk versus Joe Rogan. Yes. I'd like to see the real thing. And I'd also like to thank you and the meme community for such brilliant work. (laughs) Thank you. It was very nice to see that meme get a whole bunch of attention. Um, I mean, here's what I can say. Uh, Joe has jujitsu, but he's also never been in an anaconda vice. So... 50 50 guys yeah and cm punk is huge that was my other takeaway oh yeah in what generous wizardry world do we get them both (laughs) at 170 yeah that was perhaps the largest (laughs) Uh, that'd be awesome and if you can believe that verbal tap fans that's gonna do it for us so it's time for our special segment. Raph, would you like to introduce it? Uh, you know what? No, I'll do mine first. Okay. I'll do uh, I'll do my shout-outs first. Big, huge, giant shout-out to Flow Grappling. I, was, I probably watched more grappling than I did NCAA tournament, though I kind of always both had them on just wherever I was, either at work, and uh, I had to work on Saturday quite a bit from home. So I just had that in the background. I'm impressed. Flow Grappling has uh, officially figured out the stream stuff. And I say that because there's not any of the huge temporary holdups. I don't skip ahead all of a sudden 30 seconds. It's strong. It's there when I come back. It's there when I go to it. I'm just, uh, I have been thoroughly impressed by it and highly recommended. They're doing great work. Plus, 
mats are pretty easy to figure out in terms of where you're at and how to watch them all. So you start to learn how to see both Hubiero brothers from whatever angle as they're transitioning. It's really fantastic. Uh, so big props to them. Huge shout out to my friend Dean Symes getting up on that iTunes five star business. That's right, Raph. Keeping it going. No <laughs> guests tonight. People know why. Wow. The five stars. If you got to keep coming in. It's like Kevin like has short spike it. The part of my phone that can get guests. <laughs> it's uh, a lot. I've staged a sit in, and as Justin Gage can tell you, I get wow. results. Gage is still the stupidest name we've given to a fighter. <laughs> it's a, I mean, his name is like Justin Gage. So it's not like the. It's Here's what, what you should do. If you really want to know how to say his name, just type in Gage. Then World Series of Fighting and see what happens. It might be him. Tell me how badass that backflip is. It's really nice. That's going to do it for me. Uh, let me go ahead and start by shouting out BJJ Empire. It was so good to run into them at uh, Pans this weekend. Uh, they're they're good people. And, and you know, Kev, I was getting some really, really nice uh, notes from a lot of people. I actually texted Kevin every time somebody came up to me and said something nice. And uh, we had a whole bunch of people who were saying, like, we like your show, we like you guys, uh, more Raph than Kevin. And I was like, that's just nice, but you don't need to say it like that. And they're like, yeah, but have you heard Kevin? And I was like, I know, I know, it's a whole thing. I'm trying to get rid of him. But uh, on behalf of both of us, I just want to say thank you guys so much. You make the show so fun to do. So hearing you guys have a a very positive response uh, to just, not just this, um, but obviously our, our memes are, are different sorts of things that we do. So we appreciate that. And Kev, I forgot we needed to introduce how my shout outs are going this week. It does feel a little different. It feels like you're more inspired. It mm. feels like it's almost as though you've, you've come full circle and really branded this mm. segment. Now I was just, I thought it felt like it had more base. Has something mm. changed? Uh, we, you know, uh, we've recently been told that my shout outs feel like a grammy acceptance speech which is not funny at all by the way do you get that vibe kevin when i when i shout out no Mm. no no Mm. Uh, well apparently somebody does so in honor of that (laughs) this week and maybe for the near future but we'll see we'd like to present to you the art llamas presents rafa sparza shout outs (laughs) so this next shout out goes to art llamas you could the title is what must be adding that base like you just you look like you found your north star it's great yes title because you know the fun part is kevin when we have people who talk to us on the internet we talk back to them and uh, we try and incite conversations for example today we are having a nice discussion with the person who says they're going to unfollow us because we're ashamed of ourselves and we should be, you know, really, really uh, realize what kind of idiots we are between uh, understanding the differences between adverbs in the use of tenses. But I, here's the real I'm trying to understand all of my flaws and idiocies. It's just hard when you're in so much love with yourself. Well, let me explain to you the context for that one because it's a fun one. Uh, the site on this one said, uh, so when we saw that Kimbo basically, uh, tested positive for anabolic steroids, I said, bright side, uh, first test Kimbo has passed since kindergarten. (laughs) Okay. Just, uh, yeah. So this gentleman who has, uh, since (laughs) said, uh, he no longer enjoys us, 
he basically said, where is it right here? Oh, I think he's deleted this one. Ooh, that's oh. a fun. Uh, uh, that's what he says. He says right here, he goes, that's failing a test, not passing, fail. That's what he's upset about? Yeah, and I said, but it came back oh, positive. Wow. Icky face, right? <laughs> he said, that's Guys. Still failing L-M-A-O. And I just said, nothing gets past you. At which point he then <laughs> invites a discussion between the difference between nothing gets past you and nothing gets past you. At which point I think the guy thinks he really knows the difference. By the way, uh, mm-hmm. Art Lavis, this would have never come out. This is a complete story. No, you invited this, Art. In fact, you added this an extra segment bickering. within the shout-outs because <laughs> you made the segment happen. So this thank you very never much, happened. Art Lavis presents that- as far as a shout-outs at the end of the podcast. Anyway, mm-hmm. so this gentleman goes on, and I put different things on here to show the differences between adverbs and prepositions. And I mean, you know what I mean? Like I can appreciate the guy wanting to try and have a good conversation about grammar. And uh, basically at a certain point, I just had to explain, hey, man, it's just a form of irony as in the perspective of Kimbo would be, I passed. That's great. Oh, wait. (laughs) It's positive. And he said, (laughs) unfollowing, you're just reaching and making yourself look even more idiotic. Have a good one. Well, my friend, uh, I would say to you this, looking idiotic is kind of the MO of the podcast, Um, but we did end on this one, which said, well, thanks for being here and having a great discussion on adverbs and prepositions. You're welcome to come back anytime you develop a sense of humor. And we mean that. The minute you figure out what something funny is, you come straight back here and we'll be right here. Hang in. Anyway, back to shout outs. That was Luke Rockhold? Who was, what was the name of this? <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and shout out Budo Dane and uh, his beautiful wife, Terry, who uh, I got to sit and watch a lot of the fights with or a lot of stuff at Pans. They were so nice, so gracious, and uh, just a good time. Really, really good people. I also want to shout out my BJJ podcast arch nemesis, Paul Moran. You may have spotted me talking with Paul at Pans, but I'm going to tell you guys right now, it was all ruse. It wasn't I'm friendly. Just trying, no, it was, it was not definitely friendly. Definitely not friendly. It was mostly like six hours of each of us starting a sentence with, okay, well, let me tell you what I think about that. Uh, it went on for a while. But Paul's good people. We uh, we were glad to see him. And uh, I think, Kev, you are going to see him this weekend possibly. Going to Vegas. So look forward to that. He said he was very excited to potentially see you or not. And I told him under no circumstance, see Kevin. <laughs> so there's that. Let's go ahead and shout out Valley Martial Arts Center. VMAC. VMAC has got some great things going on. Uh, I did find out one of our guys went to go compete at PANS, said it was a very beneficial experience. So we're very happy about that. Great job, Moses. I want to shout out Breakdown Academy. Good people. Good Thanks, guys. We appreciate really good stuff going on there. And I also got to train out with our good friends, Systems Training Center. That is right. I went to go stop by there to go see our good friends, Christos, Marcus, Rayhan, Angel, Vince, and Dima. And it was Dima's birthday, so we beat him up a little bit. But um, really fantastic training. You know, Kev, I've been telling you, I really love, 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 love Noki, right? Yep. I I. I just right now I'm in a place where I love it more. But you know what makes you miss the gi? What? When you have MMA fighters who are basically uh, way better at you than wrestling. 
And then what? you mid uh, roll kind of go for your gi grip and go, where are you, my friend? I could neutralize and do. Oh, God damn it. So uh, I uh, missed the gi. Missed the gi this weekend. But I also want to shout out our good friends, Beth, Chase and Damien. Uh, from out in Las Vegas, I got to train with uh, Beth and Damien over at Systems Training Center the next day and some truly amazing, amazing stuff. And uh, Damien and I, I, I want to thank him and Beth for both raising my jiu-jitsu game. It's always great when you roll with people who who do new things and who are very active competitors. And congratulations to Beth for going gold in her division. So uh, we got some killers going there and I, I couldn't be happier to get the chance to roll with those guys. And uh, Art Lamas, I would close out and say that'll do it for me on my shout outs. <laughs> but I would I guess I would be remiss if I I didn't take a second to shout out somebody who really made this segment happen. And uh, that person happens to be Kevin. Kevin, thank you for giving me the ability to take the time that I needed. <laughs> To do a segment where we can present the Art Llamas Presents the Raffis Bars of Shoutouts yeah. on Verbal Tapcast. Uh, you're welcome. I obviously, I have uh, executive oversight. <clears throat> we'll do a lot of the things we do. And that's going to do it for us tonight here. See, just part of my autonomy. What's that, Art Llamas? You want me to do another <laughs> shout-out to close the fucking show? <laughs> You don't, don't turn off your podcast. This is what's going to happen, by the way. It's, this this podcast is going to be an hour and 48 minutes. The last 49 minutes of trap yelling at Art. I can do this all day. Hey, man, I can start doing traffic for right now of what's going on in Los Angeles. On the oh, five. God, don't tease me because I would love to hear you do an It's Raining report. They're great at it. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and stay off the 405. Let's go out to Jan, who's in uh, Rancho Cucamonga. Is that, am I pronouncing that right? Yes, Jan, that's right. Jan, this what's it doing? It's raining. This one goes out to Judy. Judy, this one comes from your best friend, Ben. You're surprised I still like you. But I won't let that episode of Dateline stop me from being able to see you tonight.